back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. You get a chance. We've had some great shows this past week, not only with my current guests, but also Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies at Stone Hansen on from DraftSide.com. Michael Weisenberg, he's also been here from Prospective Insight. Some great podcasts over the past few weeks. In fact, we're closing in on big number 100. Can you believe that? Big number 100 for the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Seems like only yesterday when I was doing number one. So I truly appreciate everyone out there listening to us. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate it. It helps us get more notoriety, helps get our name out there so that more people can enjoy, that love the NBA, that love the Lakers, get to know us better here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And also some great shows that they can listen to outside of our show here at the Lakers Fast Break, including the Pop Culture Cosmos and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. The Lakers this week... They're finally going to gear up and head down to Orlando. It's finally becoming a reality, and things are tightening up now as far as the schedule is concerned, and now people are talking more about who has got the coronavirus in advance, and the teams are now really worried about the timing and all that because it is now so close to the time that almost all of these teams over the next few days will be heading toward to Orlando in fact, they've got schedules out now for the scrimmages. They've got a lot of things that the NBA is, is coming up with as far as the design and how it's going to be implemented once they get to Orlando into that bubble. And here today to talk to me about that, the Dwight Howard situation, because it's still, as of this recording, still very much in the air, plus so much more. There's a good man indeed. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the mastermind behind the great Laker site, Lakerholics.net. you got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. We can go ahead and talk nothing but Lakers, NBA, and have a great time in doing so because you'll be interacting with some great people that are on there. want to give them a big shout-out at Lakerholics.net. This is a good man indeed, like I said before. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, they're heading to Orlando, finally. I'm so excited, Gerald. It's uh, seems like seems like a happy year. Seems like another whole season. It's hard to believe that that we're talking about a continuation of the 2019-20 season, which uh, has lasted on and on and on. So um, we're finally going to get some action. The uh, I guess two days from now, the Lakers are supposed to pack up their stuff and all head to Orlando. Hopefully, we'll have Dwight Howard with us. And that seems to be the big question, my friend, because the NBA is aware of his situation. They have been in touch with Dwight Howard and also speaking to the Lakers, and all three parties are are communicating with each other. It's not like it's a mystery or anything. You know, he's in care of a son now because the mother of his son unfortunately passed away. And if that's the case, it's very tragic, and a heart goes out to him and his family. And his situation is up in the air and he was part of the movement when it comes to what Kyrie Irving was trying to go as far as making sure that the Black Lives Matter movement is still very much at the forefront of everything and I know he was very much at one time and even quoted to CNN saying that he was 
you know, he wanted to put that to forefront and wasn't interested in going to Orlando, although he never actually backed out like we heard from Avery Bradley, although Avery Bradley, again, has a great reason with his six-year-old son in not going. So I want to hear your thoughts when it comes to Dwight Howard. What do you think he will ultimately decide to do? Because even though they've had to turn in the rosters as of July 1st, and Dwight Howard's name, I'm assuming, was on that roster, it's not necessarily a sure thing that he's going to go to Orlando. Yeah, it's you have to feel for a situation like that. His son is six-year-old, just like Bradley's son is same age. So losing his mother and then, you know, and then not having his father around for two and a half months, that's a that's a tough decision to make. And and I definitely support Dwight in either either route that he goes. I think there are some positive signs. Unlike Avery, who sort of withdrew himself from the conversation, you know, and and really wasn't communicating with the team. Um, Dwight's been in constant communication with the team. He's been on the on the group chats, from what I understand. And so I'm hopeful that he'll he'll go. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's tough when you lose one starter and then you lose a key member of the bench. Also, you know, I mean, fortunately for the Lakers, I think that they have a deep and talented roster. I think they have a lot of versatility and depth both at the guard and center positions, which allow them to you know compensate for losing key players. But also, I think that, you know, it's opened the door in, in some cases for them to add players to the, the lineup and, and the ability to, to keep the, uh, the two-way players, both of whom in, in, in our situation are potentially candidates to pick up minutes at the five, Devontae Kaycock and Costas Antetokounmpo. So it's, you know, it's a tough situation for Dwight. I hope he comes and I think he's going to come just simply because you know, the Lakers could have made a move if they were uncertain about it. And I, I think generally they expect him to come. I think that's part of why they haven't made any move to replace him. And they basically have, have announced actually out publicly that they're not going to replace him if he decides that uh, it's in his best interest for his family to, to not show up and to opt out of going to Orlando the Lakers will go with 14, 14 roster players plus their two-way players, 16 players. So there's no intention of replacing him at this point in time because of the rules. They couldn't have brought in Boogie Cousins uh, to replace him since the only players that are allowed to be used for replacement at this point in time are guys who have three years or less in the league. So I have my fingers crossed. I, I hope everything's fine with Dwight, and I hope that the family situation is okay. I think Dwight. I want to, you know, probably next to LeBron, the guy that I feel most that I would like to see get a championship would be Dwight. I think he's proven so much by the way that he's handled himself, suggesting to come in on on an unguaranteed contract. And uh, this is the way that he has messed with the team, come out, said the right things all the time, been perfect as far as his behavior goes as a teammate and so forth. Um, and has earned back, you know, a great deal of respect from not only, I think, his peers in the league, but also from the fans. You know, he's 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 gone from being the most hated, vitriolic uh, reaction of Laker fans to one of the guys that everybody is rooting for to come through and, and to really, and I'd like to see him win that championship. Um, he deserves it, and so hopefully the family situation will be good enough 
that he'll be able to make it. If he doesn't make it, I'm not really worried. I think that we have enough strength at the center position. AD is going to play more minutes. He averaged 34 minutes during the season. He's going to play 40 minutes. That's what his average has been in the playoffs. So all of a sudden, you've only got, you know, you've got him probably playing more minutes at the five than he might normally do, which originally was the intention of the Lakers strategically anyway. Well, let, let's uh, let me put it to you like this. Let me say this. Okay. Dwight Howard, uh, during the playoffs, the way he's playing now, at coming off the bench, uh, there's a very real possibility in certain matchups he would give you a distinct advantage coming off the bench. In other matchups, there's a chance he might even get a DMP because it depends on your matchups and how they relate. So he could be someone that could be very vital in a certain game, in a certain series, and then the next game, or the two games later, not even get a chance to play because, as you and I both know, it's like a chess match. So yep. you don't know which pieces are going to fit until you get to that right moment. And Frank Vogel is going to be playing chess against whoever is coaching on the other side. And it might come to the point where Dwight Howard, who's been such an inspirational part of this Lakers team this year, and you know, selflessly has played so much differently than both you and I and anybody else you know, could have even thought he was going to be able to, to play I mean, this was the best scenario for all Lakers fans and for Dwight Howard fans of the way Dwight Howard could play. I mean, we were hoping beyond all hope, and you and I actually were saying that this, you know, we we just didn't think it would be possible that, first off, A, he would last to that January cutoff date where his, his contract would become guaranteed for the rest of the season. We never thought he would make it. B, we didn't think he would be happy at all with coming off the bench and maybe he'd start grumbling or, like the old days, walk around with the statistics in his hand as he walks on by in the locker room. We thought that would be the Dwight Howard that we know because that's what we've come to know. But he said he had changed. He said that he had come to Los Angeles or back to Los Angeles as a changed individual, humbled by his experiences within the past few years as being a cast-off and every organization that he was with not wanting to deal with him again so we didn't believe him or we were just you know rolling our eyes and whatnot at the beginning of the season but my god has has he changed around the fans ideals and you know what if he cannot make it he's got a great reason why he can't make it in his son i mean as a as a father of three kids i i can't blame him you know we've seen the situation with avery bradley can't blame him, uh, you know, because he, he is an individual that, you know, has kids he's got to worry about. But I'm hopeful of that he will be the case and, and that he'll he'll come to Orlando because he can be, at times, a very vital part of this rotation. I understand you want to play Anthony Davis more at five. And yes, Anthony Davis at the five, despite what he tells you, the statistics bear out that he is the best option at the five spot. But I understand his trepidation about playing the five a lot. But I understand the playoffs that might happen. With JaVale McGee, you can only give him a certain amount of minutes. Otherwise, again, it was the same thing with Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee at this point in time, the more minutes, you, you can only give them so, so many minutes because the more minutes you give them, the more their cracks in their offense or defense or whatever you want to say, the more their liabilities start to show. So that's the problem I have if you go ahead and don't have a Dwight Howard there. 
Markeith Morris, he has to step his game up if that's the case because he would become the de facto backup center. Kyle Kuzma was at one time your backup center, and you saw how that worked out. So that can't that can't be a situation where you go back. I could see him playing more four, and that's fine. But I can't see him playing more five because that that's a recipe for disaster. And and Kosas Antetokounmpo, that's not the right Antetokounmpo you want on the floor. Let's just put it that way. He's not looked great at all. I would say though that Devonte Kaycock, who has done a great job, and actually I think was he named to one of the the first or second um, first team. First team and rookie team. Okay, so he's, he's done a great job. But yep. that's, again, then you get a situation undersized. Where undersized, and it's the G League. But he might be able to give you 10 minutes right. a game off the bench as an, as an under you know undersized hustling, i.e. Montrezl Harrell, which a lot of people right. see in him. But I'm just going to yeah, say I, this. I see, that, I see that comparison really strongly with him. I, I'm um, just going to say this, and, and I'll let you get back to what you were talking about. Right. I, and thank you for allowing me to, to interject here, is that we need Dwight Howard because in the right situation, he will be a distinct advantage for you. Even as someone who, as the these series get uglier, becomes that one individual, maybe Markeith Morris will do it too, as the tough guy, as the bully, because the Lakers have been known as a team that can be bullied, uh, because otherwise, outside of LeBron, because they're not, you know, Lakers have been known as a team this year that's maybe not as physical as you as you'd like them to be. But when Dwight Howard's in there, he's going to be physical. He'll probably get a cheap shot. He'll probably get a technical. You've seen that before already. But I'll tell you what, it's something that I'd, I'd rather go in the war with him than without him. Yeah, well, I think it's the same situation as you had with Avery. You'd rather go into the into the battle having Avery on the every Avery start and having Dwight on the bench. There's another factor with Dwight that I think is important, and, and this is another reason why I think he's going to play, and that is he doesn't have a contract next year. So he's a free agent. And uh, well, I'm he's sure already that... played. I'm just going to say this. He's already played at that level. He's already played to a level where a team, again, all this all season long, I've been telling you since he started playing the way he is, that he's prime for a team like Golden State. If they don't get Jonathan Wiseman in the draft, or even if they do, would love to have him as their starting five for 20 minutes a game, shooting 70% you know getting seven to ten rebounds a game getting two blocks a game that that would be great for them on their team and i'm not trying to say this as someone who i want to see that because that would just make golden state that much tougher but i'm telling you that's just i'm I'm just saying that you know he would be primed to fill one of those roles on those type of teams that needs a center he's going to be a highly sought free agent yeah. and uh, uh, he'll, and he'll price himself hope, off the lakers with the lakers will will lead him to to stay with the team i hope so but I, I have a feeling his play and his remarkable turnaround as a person and his growth as an individual is like you said going to get him vast interest around the league from a team that needs that type of center for you know 20 to 25 minutes mm-hmm. a game the other factor though that you got you always have to look at is fit and one of the things that is remarkable about the Lakers this year, and it's one of the reasons why I'm not as concerned as you may be about not having Avery Bradley or not having Dwight Howard, and that's that it's a matchup game. And the Lakers have got a very deep bench, especially now with 
with three new players replacing one player, Bradley, who was a key part of the rotation, but two other guys who basically never played in, in DeMarcus Cousins and uh, Troy Daniels. So one of the things you always have to factor in is the environment. And I think that one of the things that Dwight is going to realize when he considers his options as a free agent next offseason is how he fits in the Lakers and how playing with LeBron and AD are such a perfect situation. And it's a team that can control a lot of situations. Everybody thought that Dwight was going to be a problem, but one of the reasons why I was optimistic about Dwight coming to the team was that both AD and LeBron were in favor of it. And that said something to me about understanding that this is not like Dwight going to Orlando or Dwight going to some other team. It's a different situation. It's why I'm also not worried about uh, Dion Waiters and I'm not worried about J.R. Smith. It's a different environment when you put guys on a team that has the veteran leadership of the superstars like LeBron and AD. And I think that this is something that all of those players who, aside from the money thing, obviously we've got a lot of free agents. We have over $20 million, almost $40 million in free agents who could players who could opt out when you include AD. And I think that it's the camaraderie, the chemistry that's developed on this team, the leadership, the way that a entire organization from Rob Palenka, from Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka down through the coaching staff has got everybody on the same page. It makes it easy for a player to come in, not have to worry about anything except doing their job. Um, everybody has to fall into line Everybody has to be a good soldier. And that's one of the things that most championship teams, every so often you'll see a team come along with like the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, where the talent was just so big that they could overcome the, the, all of the, all of the caustic things happening and all of the controversy on the team. Uh, in, in the Lakers case, I think that, that they've set an environment, they've created a cradling environment that is just perfect for, players to have their chance at redemption. Markeith Morris is the first example of that. I think that definitely Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, you know J.R. doesn't want to go down in the record books and in the minds of basketball fans everywhere as the guy who made that gaffe and, and, and you know, and let, the, let, let that game go into overtime. You know, as much as you say that, the guy can say. play ball. The guy can play ball. He can shoot the ball. He's the Fourth best, most three-point shots in the history of the league. I understand that. Whether you like it or not, Gerald, you're going to see him on the floor with LeBron. Oh, I, I, I know time. that. I know this. I know this, Tom. But when it comes to J.R. Smith, you are, he's never going to escape that. Okay. True. Just like JaVale has escaped being, you know, the Shaq. No, no, no. There's a difference between JaVale doing Shaq and the Fool you know, in regular season games where it's really not that as important than J.R. Smith doing it when it's right in the middle of the finals. You know, it's yeah. that, that's that's a bigger stage, my friend. Let's take Chris Weber. Chris, let, wait, hold on. Let me let me just use this as an example just to prove you wrong on that. Chris Weber should already mm -hmm. be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's a great. He's he's a he has a good enough resume, and there are players that are commensurate to him that I think he's a little bit better than or that he compares favorably to, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. 
I don't know if it's because of the fact that he called the mysterious non-timeout against him, man. Yeah, so <laughs> so, so I, I, he's not been able to live that down to this point, and that will always trail him, just as that gaffe by J.R. Smith will always trail trail him. I mean, internet memes have been going on for two weeks now since the J.R. Smith rumors popped up. Okay, so yeah. I Wait, understand. Let's say, let's say we win two games with J.R. dropping in baskets that to beat well, the clippers and beat the bucks well that's the thing i my I, my my expectations no, worry about that my expectations Cavalier. for him are tempered because the fact yes i know he will probably play with lebron at some point in time but he has been out of the league two years i, I have to see first before we can go ahead and say you know what he's definitively going to be a part of this rotation the guy has been out of the league two years. He's pushing 35. Guards at 35 are not exactly the same as how we've seen, uh, you know, taller players, larger players at, at in the NBA been able to go ahead and survive. Once you lose your speed, that's it. And, and JR is going to be... As long as it doesn't lose the shot, man. Well, he, he's got to be open to get that shot, and the Lakers have to have enough confidence all, in him. They're all open with the Lakers. That's the problem when you got LeBron and AD. There are lots of open shots, man. Uh, well, I'm hoping that that's the case. I mean, we haven't seen it from Markeith Morris as of yet. He only he, took 21 shots in eight games. He's still shooting 38.5% for the season. The that, only no, that's from the, the field. That's not than that's, that is KCP. that's from the field. I mean, yeah, I understand three-point oh, three range. Yeah, but that's, again, his, his contributions yet, he's still trying to get in the mix. When he was on the team, he only got to play, like you said, a few games with the Lakers, so... Uh, he did not perform well, but it's still, like I said, now you have this training camp and the scrimmages and the eight games to get ready to go ahead and get in the flow and to get Dion Waiters to see if he can do something for you off the bench and can become a playmaker. I know I was speaking to Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies about this, and he was right. He he say, stated that it's best if he does not play in the same time with LeBron because they're He's also a playmaker. Uh, yeah. If he play, if he comes off the bench in the minutes that LeBron is off, that might suit him better. So you might get ten to fifteen minutes of Dion Waiters, which is good. And that's what I'm talking about with these three new players. I'm not asking for them to come in and give you thirty minutes a game. I'm asking for them if they can you don't give have you thirty minutes for them. Yeah, I'm, if you can get ten to fifteen, then that's all I, I mean, need. You get ten to fifteen when you look. If you if you look at the math, the math is pretty daunting. I mean. There's 240 minutes in the game to be played by Laker players. LeBron and AD both average 34 minutes a game in the regular season and 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. Um, you start you start right there, so you're going to take that 240 and you're going to drop it down to 160 because they're both going to play 40 minutes. Um, then you've got uh, KCP. KCP averages 25 minutes, so your 160 now is down to 105 minutes. Um, Danny Green averages 25 minutes, uh, so you're now down to 80 minutes left over, um, and you still haven't accounted for Rondo getting some minutes, Dwight if he's there getting minutes, JaVale getting his minutes, uh, Morris getting his minutes, and Morris is going to get his minutes. You forgot Caruso, man. Oh, and then there's Caruso, too. Caruso, uh, you know, so you go down the line. I think what's going to happen with the Lakers is, like you alluded to a little earlier, 
There's going to be some DMPs. There's going to be match, different matchups according to the different teams that we play in the playoffs exactly. in the series. And some guys may not see many minutes in the series. I mean, it's just like you said with Howard. Howard didn't see many minutes in the last two games against the Bucks and the Clippers. Um, it was Morris who got a lot of minutes in those games because we needed the shooting to spread and stretch the floor. And even though he wasn't hitting, he still has that gravity when he's out there beyond the arc. He's shooting 38-9% for the season. Uh, you're going you're gonna to create spacing for LeBron and AD to attack the rim, and that's basically what we have to do at times. But there are going to be other series where JaVale and, and Howard can dominate, you know, on defensively on teams, and, and we don't have to need – we don't need the, the spacing as much as we might against teams like the Bucks and Clippers who do drop coverage on almost everything and just – dare you to shoot those outside shots so there's you're going to see a lot of variation i think in who gets to playing as well as the hot hand you know vogel's always been a good coach in the sense of when somebody's got the hot hand he leaves them in there and takes advantage of that and that's one of the things i love about his coaching style that he's not afraid to to stick with a guy who maybe over his allotted minutes but has been shooting the ball really well one of the things that the three new players really added more than anything else was shooting all, you know, you're talking about three guys who basically all are capable of, of being the best shooter in the game and, and being a difference maker from long range. And, and those are what you need. That's the formula that, that LeBron has, has found success with in his entire career. And we need to continue to follow that. So it's going to be interesting as we go through these, these three scrimmages I think we're going to see a lot of the new players in the scrimmages. We'll see. They're going to see whether Dion still got anything, whether Jr. can still shoot, and and how well how well can Markeith continue to fit in as the backup big behind. Well, if he can AD. give you things, if he can give you that kind of productivity, that I hope. When I originally made that trade request long time ago, <laughs> which had they done would have done a lot. Uh, getting... well, that was a hell of a trade. That was a hell of a trade you proposed. I mean, yeah, yeah. But that was I still love. Uh, I still love the other kid from Detroit. That Christian yeah, Wood. Well, he's too late now. You yeah. you had the chance. The Lakers had the chance back in January when he wasn't playing as much. And but yeah, now he's ready for some chunk of change if you get my drift from in free agency yeah. or if yeah. he stays with Detroit. And then you would have had Derek Rose on top at a relatively cheap contract. Yeah, that would have been a great trade. And and, and it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. You know, we've talked before on, on on earlier podcasts about how the the entire Apple card has just been upset terrifically by the coronavirus thing and all of the finances, the financial outlook for the players and for the league are really unknown. And that's something we need to talk about more because there's been more issues. Landry Shamit of the Clippers just tested yep. positive for, for coronavirus. You also have more players that are, are deciding not to go to Orlando. Milwaukee, their practice facility has been shut down due to some issues with the coronavirus. Although for them, it's not as drastic because it's close enough to the time anyways that they're going to leave, that they're not, right. they're just they're just leaving it closed. But the Clippers have had their, their facilities closed down. Denver has had their facilities closed down. There's been several teams out there that have been adversely affected by it. I mean, they're about ready to go into the bubble I know you wanted to talk about embracing and expanding the NBA bubble concept. I don't know if it meant 
expanding it to the point where the last eight teams in the NBA would be having their own bubble because they wanted to go, I want to do it too. We want our own they bubble. Do, they do. Yeah, it's exactly. Well, they, they are rumored, according to ESPN's uh, Jackie McMullen has made a report that they're close to doing a deal for September in Chicago for their own bubble. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, it's great and all, for, especially for the to develop the young talent on some of these teams. But as a product to watch, I mean, for instance, Golden State, everybody would be like, okay, I want to see Curry. I want to see Thompson. Will they be, you know, they're healthy enough. They should be able to play. No, they're not going to go ahead and risk that. Uh, you're going to be seeing nothing but young players head out to this this second bubble in Chicago. Well, you know, it's funny. When I, when I did my proposal for a split league where basically you you had a tournament in mid-season and, and the best teams went into an A division and the, and the worst teams went into a B division in order to, you know, put a better product out there so that we could solve the ratings problem that has bought, plagued the NBA this last season. One of the guys, uh, one of the posters on one of the members on Lakerholics.net came back and said, what are you doing? You're proposing that they play in the bubble for the whole next season? And I hadn't even thought of that. And and well, I did. That's a very I immediately real said, hey, you know, I was not. I was a. I was not. I was considering that we'd still be playing in empty arenas, but hopefully in our own arenas, not in a bubble. And then Eric Pincus dropped in an article where he was talking about how the bubble was working and and so forth. He dropped in the idea that if coronavirus continues to mount up new cases and 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 more people infectious and and the new the new mutation of the virus now is three to nine times as infectious as the previous ones pincus actually raised the issue that the bubble may be the only way the league is going to be able to finish next year we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, there have been a lot of adjustments that have been made, a lot of it in response to players' concerns about privacy as well as risks, as well as freedom in related to the bubble. And Pincus was looking at the situation and saying that, you know, it, you can learn a lot about what's happening from this first bubble that we have. And, and as we've talked, that first month when you still have 22 or 16 teams enclosed in the bubble is going to be the real test. When you get down to the Elite Eight and, and Final Four and, and then the two teams in the championship, the, the odds of anything happening that's going to just derail a whole bubble is, is diminishing rapidly. But the September thing, a lot, of, a lot of the talk about having a second bubble for those other eight teams is how long guys are going without playing basketball, you know, and, and to be able to do it safely, which is really the key, one of there's been a lot of discussions on Lakerholics.net about this, and and pretty much the consensus that we've all come to is that, you know, I wish I had a bubble myself in some cases, you know, <laughs> to be able to put in a bubble with you know at least 
25 is a 35 people from your own organization and and 35 people from all of the other teams and and maybe before they're finished all of the support people from disney are going to be in the bubble man that's a lot different from sitting here in a house with my wife and talking to my grandkids through the sliding glass door and I'm waving to the neighbors you know from deck to deck and all of a sudden now the whole country is is being washed over by a by not a second wave of coronavirus, but the first wave going into a second peak. And so the bubble or the need for the bubble, if you will, the benefits of having a bubble so that you can actually simulate some resemblance of a normal life, you know, uh, could be something that's around and that that need could be here very desperately when we start in looking at December, starting the 2020-21 season. And, you know, maybe, maybe at that point in time that they will have to develop it. Maybe you see all of a sudden now we're going to have Major League Baseball, we're going to have NFL football, and we're going to have NBA basketball all happening at the same time. So and that was something that originally that they wanted to avoid. Now it's just like, yeah. okay, we're going to all get big ratings. We all want our chunk of the money, man. Yeah, That's they're all going to get big ratings because people want to see sports. So yep. initially, people will be willing to go ahead and watch all three. Seeing that bubble concept for a second time in Chicago, especially without the stars, because I really don't think you're going to get Golden State committing to, unless, well, maybe, unless he really wants to, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson. How few guys have declined? I mean, on, there's yeah. 22 teams, and how many of them really have a chance to win at all? Well, I mean, I'm talking about the second bubble, but yeah, yeah. if you if we're there's the, a very, the bottom half of the first bubble. Yeah, there, there's a very spot. real possibility. I mean, this bubble has been, uh, you know, obviously talked about so much at length, and the things you can and cannot do, and like you said, you see players that are there for Phoenix, for Washington, for San Antonio that are really thinking about not going just because of the fact that they're they really don't have a That's chance. You notice they're all going because they all want a paycheck. Oh, yeah. Well, not all of them. Davis Bertans wants a big, bigger paycheck. Right. I mean, the percentage, that's, the percentage that are opting yeah, out of lower than the percentage that have tested positive. Yeah. I mean, there, there is the you predominant amount two, of players. I'm on two hands, Gerald. And that's something. That's very many people. And that's something that you and I have talked about before. I, I'm very surprised at the lack of amount of players that have said they're not going because yeah, I figured, I'm not, I'm not. I figured it was going. I figured it'd be I, higher. I figured it would be higher. I didn't. I think the I think there's something also about the injury situation that sometimes you get into a situation if you're off even longer, the risk of getting an injury. And and this is one of the things that the league was talking about with these these eight teams were talking about of wanting to have a second bubble that the player development, especially for young players, for not being able to play competitively for a long period of time, not only stints their growth as players, because you think back about how players generally make their big leaps from year to year, especially in their young years, in the off seasons when they're playing a lot. They're we're out seeing, there all but, the time. But we're seeing a lot of... Uh... There's, no there's no different than going into the bubble and playing in those situations, you still see everybody going out and playing in off season, whether, you know, whether they're going to the local gym or whether they're playing at LeBron's place or AD's place or in one of the tournaments or, you know, they, players need to play. 
they need to play or and and if they don't play then that raises in some cases the risk of getting an injury when they go into the season but there's I mean, still a lot of trepidation out there i mean we see it sure. with some of the players we see it with the coaches obviously lionel hollins for the lakers we want to send him our best and continue health he will not be part of the contingent going to orlando he cited health concerns uh and that's justifiable obviously and for him and made a point that wasn't age related either it was pure health concerns yeah, pure health wasn't concerns he, although he is the oldest of the coaches uh for the lakers uh i believe right. at 67 but yes he he indicated it was uh, strictly for health reasons so i'm wishing him all the best and he will still be able to obviously speak to the rest of the coaching staff via Zoom and all that when it comes right. to the time actually looking at it. Especially Become a when, video coordinator all of a sudden. Yeah, video coordinator. But you're also looking at, at everything when it comes to the upcoming scrimmages, which we'll talk about here in a sec. And also as well looking at the schedule as a whole, maybe doing some scouting, things of that nature that he's going to be able to provide going forward. So I'm still happy that he's going to be able to make a a very good contribution for the Lakers going forward, even though he will not be there at Orlando. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about is the scrimmages. I mean, now that they're the league is uh, today, as we're talking about this, uh, they're going ahead and announcing scrimmages starting on, I believe, on the 22nd. Yeah, and and sir, you're as a team, you're only allowed to scrimmage against specific other teams, uh, usually in the in the uh, opposite conference from what I'm seeing, uh, and uh, either lower ranked to higher ranked. It's yeah, it's going to be different types of matchups and scrimmages that we'll be seeing take place. I I don't know, was it going to be televised or is that going to be behind? Uh, I haven't heard if they're going to be televised at all. Uh, we we do the Mavericks on the 23rd, the Magic on the 25th. The Wizards on the twenty seventh. So we start off with an a, an immediate <laughs> contradiction to the the thing about playing teams in your own league or your own conference, and as we play the Mavericks, which would be an interesting game. Well, I tell you what, can we just go ahead and talk to Adam Silver and say, you know what, that scrimmage schedule looks so great. Why don't we just flip flop that with the actual eight game schedule that you have for us, and just go ahead and you can flip flop, just make it a little bit easier for the Lakers going forward. <laughs> I don't nice. want it to be easier for the Lakers going forward. I want it to be tough. I want them to be rolling and, and having to, to play their best basketball before they get to the playoffs. That depends, my friend. If the, the Lakers, if the Lakers have already clinched uh, Lakers the Western Conference. The they can't lose the lead. All they have to do is win half of their game. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If the Lakers clinch their conference championship, let's say four or five games in. Let's say five games in. That last three games, you're not going to go ahead and put LeBron out there 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I'm no, sorry. You're going to put Costas out there, and you're going to put Devontae out there, and you're going to see a lot of Dion, and you're going to see a lot of, you know. A, a lot, lot of, of bad JR. basketball, if that's the case. You know, but uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I, it's interesting because you hear all year long in every season that we go through about how the playoffs are going to be a grind and about how it's a second season. It's not the same season, guys. It's a whole different type of basketball. You're going from one game setups against people that are you don't have time to prepare to grueling multiple game series where the strategy shifts every single game, and every night you're up, up against a new strategy and so forth. Well, uh, the reality is that everybody talks about, you know, how the rosters, how the, how the minutes decline, and everybody tightens up the rotation. Well, Frank Bogle's coming out here, and he's saying, hey, we're going to play everybody. 
Now, I think he's talking mostly, he hasn't really made it clear. He's acting like this is the strategy for the whole rest of the year, you know? He talks about if Dwight's gone, well, Devontae can play and Costas can play center and Kuzma can play center. I don't think we're going to see that when we get into the playoffs, but you can be sure that for the scrimmages in the regular season games, the Lakers are probably going to play a lot of players and and they're going to really, they need to find out, number one, who can get back to playing at the level they were before besides LeBron and AD. And number two, how do the new guys fit in? What can we really expect from them? You know, especially since two of them, JR and Dion, haven't really played this year at all. So you got some big questions to answer there. And I'm, I'm sure that the scrimmages, adding three scrimmages in addition to the eight games will give us a lot better opportunity and the coaches a lot better opportunity to see, you know, who's, who's ready to contribute, who can handle the situation. But then you come back to the real heart of the playoffs and what makes it really difficult is this is in a bubble. You're talking about no home court advantage, no fans. You're doing it in the middle of a pandemic. Talk about, you know, I mean, I think absolutely the people that are saying that this particular championship should have a star next to it rather than an asterisk that was are the Doc ones Rivers, who really understand. Doc Pardon? Rivers. Doc Rivers made yeah. the uh, gold star comment. Well, the gold star is actually a true statement because this is going to be one of the most trying situations. And, and frankly, <laughs> just like AD says, it's if you had your choice of being in a situation where you could have your superstars having three months off and being healthy and 100% healthy, no little dings hanging over and so forth, that's an advantage to the Lakers. And if you're in a situation where it requires the ultimate in discipline and, and focus, uh, my God, LeBron James is, and Anthony Davis are two guys that are perfectly set for that. And so are the Lakers as a veteran squad. You know, it, it's going to be a harder on the younger teams. I mean, teams like the Pelicans to make their adjustments in underneath, under really arduous conditions that you wouldn't normally expect. It's going to summer camp, man. Well, Vegas has, well, that's a, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad you would look at a summer camp. Uh, I would, I would, I would not say I would look at it as a summer camp. I would say not an extended vacation. I would go all business. I'm there for business. I'm there to win. I'm there to make, take advantage of it. I'm ter- there to make it the best moment possible for myself and my teammates. So I- I'm willing to go ahead and do it. I even say, was saying to Raphael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies that, you know, if the if the league had said you gave me a media pass, I'd I'd love to go. I'd love to go. I'd do it because it's a one time experience. I'm not trying to say it'd be fun because obviously you're doing it under the terrible circumstances of pandemic. But I would see it as an opportunity to go ahead and and relate to people out there my experience on on being in this bubble. I'd love to go ahead and write a book at that point in time about my experiences. And you know, <laughs> someone's going to. You know, someone's going to indeed. Sure. But while they're in this bubble. And as they're going into this bubble here this week, I wanted to ask you this. The Lakers in Vegas, you're in Vegas because, as they say in Vegas, don't bet on the Lakers because the odds are already slanted. Because there's yeah, so many. Yeah, because a lot of people from L.A. are putting their money in there. Yeah, they always put their money in there. But the Lakers are the prohibitive favorite right now in Vegas. Oh, are they really? Because, I mean, I'd heard Milwaukee was uh, the Milwaukee favorite. Milwaukee was, but again, that's the L.A. money coming in. And right now, the, the, the prohibitive odds have the Lakers as a favorite. I think uh, that has surpassed the Bucks, but it's a it's a very close margin. 
Not so with ESPN. It is not a close margin. Oh, yeah. okay. With their that's where, that's BPI, the yes, their BPI oh. recently came out as stating uh, it's one of their computer, uh, you know, nineteen percent Lakers. I, I think it was eighty-three percent, eighty-three percent, or in a, somewhere in the eighty percent range for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Lakers were somewhere in the teens. And I know you love this part, though. The Clippers were 2%, and there was like a couple teams 1%, and then the rest of the teams were hmm. 0 So you're telling me that you, I, and three high schoolers could go on there, and we're only 2% below what the Clippers would be <laughs> as far as that's concerned. I find that hard to believe. But then See, again, I, think I would switch that. I'd switch that around completely because, first off, I don't disrespect the Clippers. The Clippers are the bigger challenge than the bucks are i mean there's a reason why a lot of analysts out there are picking the clippers i you know i know we bag on the clippers a lot nobody nobody in the bucks has done it before no and they're going to go into the toughest situation that they're going to face and the clippers have the clippers have yeah and the lakers players have yeah so So, you know i mean come on be serious those guys are East Coast bias is the name for ESPN. That's what it stands for. East Coast bias. No, I, what I've told ESPN always loves to talk. You know, there's a standard that you got to have Lakers talk in there because the Lakers move the numbers as far as raids yeah. are concerned. But I, I get the fact that, that, that people would say there's an East Coast bias there. But I'm not sure, like you said, it would be that high for Milwaukee, although Milwaukee is playing well. When you when you have the NBA's best record, no matter who it's against, and no matter the fact Even that... Even though you got beat by 10 points by the Lakers? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well let's not talk about the game in Milwaukee. And maybe both shut down Giannis. Let, let's not talk about the game in Milwaukee. Let's go, you know, remember, I see, you see half full, I see half empty. Uh, when it comes to the glass. Okay, I love the game in Los Angeles, but I did not love the game in Milwaukee. But that's neither here nor there because we're we still have to see the way this pans out but before we start putting the the cart in front of the horse so to speak and saying you know what it's going to be a done deal lakers bucks like you said the clippers have a team that can go all the way houston has been talked about lately with their small an LA parade one way or another people think they're either going to be bounced out in the first round or they're going to the finals so it's kind of funny how you see people there as far as they'll their thoughts on that. until they'll go until harden runs out of gas like he always does in the playoffs and then there's toronto toronto is a team that's very underrated that i think a lot of people are not taking seriously the bucks, the bucks could be taken out by toronto possibly and because toronto everybody is giving giving love to nick nurse is pretty much what they're calling right now is the best coach in basketball so you're right he he could design a formula that that could create a scenario that's that's the case philadelphia if it ever finds the right chemistry or the right equation still has all that talent and could make a scenario where it could become difficult for any team going through them in the playoffs could because joel Embiid is healthy and ben simmons is healthy at this point in time and that's you know, they, they as much as the Lakers and the Clippers benefit from having that time off. That's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, so there's all these different scenarios, and you and I will go in this into this as it gets closer to the, the series. But I just wanted to make note that you know Milwaukee is is heavily favored by the ESPN statistical analysis, and I'm not sure that that's flying with me. And I, I'm not sure if you should make the Lakers a heavy favorite. I think they should be the favorite. They're my pick still to go all the way 
because you know never count out LeBron and AD in a matchup against anyone, but it's close. I think between them. Well, I'm not Milwaukee. putting any money. I'm not putting any big money on the game on the on the no, playoff. No, it, it, between those three teams, yeah. it to me it's very close. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to put that. I out would there. I would put it at I would put it at sixty percent that the Lakers are going to win, thirty percent that the Clippers would win, and ten percent that the Bucks would win. That's basically how I weight them. Well, I would put it at 50% Lakers. I would put it at, I'd say, about 30% Bucks. I would probably say about 15% Clippers. And 5% long shots. And 5% the rest of the house. So that, you know, Not bad. Yeah, yeah so, somewhere in there. Yeah, so I'd pay 50, 30, 15, 5. So that, that would just just me. So yeah, I think we both we both see the ratio being the Lakers being the best team, the Clippers being close behind them, and the Bucks being a way a ways down below them, but way ahead of the rest of the squads. Well, I think the Bucks will have an advantage because their schedule's a lot easier than what the Clippers or the Lakers would have to face. Maybe not. Maybe not when it gets to the playoffs, though, because just like you said, also to another dangerous team out there in the East, all of a sudden uh, is is uh, Miami. They could really surprise some people. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's I didn't say it was going to be a cakewalk, but I thought it was going to be a lot and, easier. And the Celtics, except for the whole idea that, you know, that they could lose Gordon, you know, because he's having a child born. And, you know, and, and for God's sakes, yes. I mean, you, you, go watch your, watch your son, get, uh, son or daughter get born or play in the NBA playoffs. I mean, come on. As much as I love the NBA, that's been two of the most matched, thrilling matched, moments matched, of my life. Born, you're not going to sit there and leave your wife all alone. Well, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been two of the most thrilling moments of my life to see my kids born. So, I, I, yeah. how can you fault that? The bottom of the East sucks, to be honest. But the top teams in the East are as good as all of the non-top teams in the West. They're as good as the teams other than the Lakers and the and the Clippers in the West. So okay. it's going to be a fun playoffs it's going to be a fun playoffs indeed my friend once again i'm talking to tom wong aka laker tom you got to catch him today at lakersholics.net plus also outside of lakerholics.net you can catch his work today on medium.com where he writes a lot of articles be part of the conversation that you can have with him and so many others at lakerholics.net but before we have a little bit of of discussion of what's going on at lakerholics.net i wanted to go ahead and thank players and and commissioner as far as trying to get together to do something to impact the black lives matter movement as far as the statements that need to be made will be made i'm hopeful that people will get the message and that we can go ahead and continue to strive for equality uh, i want to hear before your thoughts just a couple minutes if you can uh, or you know if you need more need more absolutely on how much the embracing has I understand that obviously there was issues with the jerseys and what you can say and what they cannot say due to licensing issues and some things of that nature. I know that John Morant had to retract some statements as well, what he wanted to put on his jersey. But I just want to hear that the fact that there's a lot of this conversation going on and that there's a better positivity about how much the players can impact what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement when they get to Orlando and play in the bubble. Well, I think it's when we go back to the discussion we had earlier in the podcast about the number of players 
a small number of players who opted out and the reasons for them opting out in almost every situation was a family matter or in in Davis Bertan's situation, his free agency status. So almost everybody pretty much came to the came to a final conclusion that the best platform that the players would have to show their support for Black Lives Matter would be to show up in Orlando and take advantage of all of the opportunities that the league and the players association have together uh, put together as as ways for the players to express themselves and support the movement whether it's the the statements on the jerseys which obviously had to be all approved by the licensees of the league you know so that nothing was offensive to anybody in that sense and then there's a great collection some of them are some of them are you wonder why they even included them but there's enough there's enough things there that everybody can find something that will express their position and support down to you know down to putting black lives matter on the courts all of these things uh, i think make something that allow the nba under adam silver's leadership again to be the most progressive league as far as making sure that they support the players and the movements and politics of the players better than the NFL or the Major League Baseball or any of the other leagues. I think that also the the efforts made, the teams like the Lakers hiring hiring a specific person to be in charge of of making sure that racial equality runs through the entire clubhouse, through the ownership is probably the next area that that the league wants to work on, making sure that we get more coaches, more black coaches get opportunities, black owners get opportunities. You have to imagine at some point in time that LeBron James is going to end up owning part of a franchise. And clutch sports at some point in time may, may also get into the same situation. So uh, it's to me, it's, it's, it's rewarding to see this happen. I think it's incredibly constructive. And it's part of the sort of woke attitude that corporations around America are showing. Um, we're in the, we're in the midst of what could be one of the most transcendent periods as far as social justice and and equality in the country. And and it's great to see the NBA and the Lakers themselves uh, being in the forefront of leading that movement. A hopeful sign for the league and its players that. They can help enact positive change going forward in so many areas, and I'm hoping the statements and everything that's done while their time in Orlando is well spent on these issues. I'm glad to see the least the league is working together to make happen in regards to what is going to be said and going to be done and going to be demonstrated and going to be shown off when it comes to the bubble in Orlando. So I'm looking forward to hearing more what the players have to say and how they're going to say it and hopefully how it will enact change for positivity going forward. You so think the players that. are going to kneel? That's all part of it. Yes, yes, that's part of it. Obviously, the, the what happened as far as the rule that, that was in place in regards to the national anthem is hopefully going to be waived and allow the players to go ahead and express themselves the way they see fit yeah. and will allow that change to start happening going forward. Before we head on out, Tom, I want to go ahead and give you the chance real quick to talk about what's going on at Lakerholics.net. So take it away, my friend. Appreciate it. It's been a great podcast so far. But before we head on out, go ahead and mention to everyone out there what everybody's been talking about at Lakerholics.net. Well, there's been a lot of discussion, obviously, because yesterday was the 4th of July. 
I had posted an article talking about whether or not bubbles were going to become the new way of life in America. The replacement for the walled communities that we have could be bubble communities um, because things look so dire and depressing with respect to the coronavirus spreading all over. And and then every state, it seems, in the union now, other than a couple of states, are seeing increases in cases and hospitalizations. I followed that up with a positive post on Sunday that uh, uh, really was just looking at that we may be in, uh, it was an article uh, uh, taken from CNN that we may be in uh, in one of the most chaotic periods politically that the country's ever had, but it also is one of the opportunities that we have for for real change to happen, you know? And uh, I, I think everybody is looking at that positively despite you know, we we have a chance to get basketball back again, to to get all of our sports back again. I mean, I hope that they're all successful. I, I I think the NBA's idea of the bubble is something that we may ultimately see other teams, other leagues start to adopt. You know, I mean, I know Major League Baseball talked about that at one point in time where they were going to have leagues in Arizona and Florida. Of course, Arizona and Florida are not where you want to have leagues right at the moment. But but I think that there's despite the the terrible tragedies that we're facing with this virus, there are a lot of signs that we're seeing things that are going to change for the better for the country. And so I'd like to just leave it on that note. We've had a lot of discussions. Um, we don't usually talk politics at all on Lakerholics.net. It's basically been a, a site rule. And, and obviously at times politics and basketball and the Lakers start to get combined and in times like this. And so we've, we've licensed the rules and, have allowed people to express their opinions and everybody's been, I, I think I'm proud of how everybody's handled themselves. And we've got some people who have directly to reversal opinions of a lot of things, but they've at least kept it civil and, and kept it intelligent and, and tried to make it, uh, make it a, the type of discussion that you would want to have with anybody. So uh, I invite everybody to come out to the site and, 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 and join into the conversation. If you're looking for a bunch of fans who are informed and, and, and have good opinions and are willing to listen to everybody and you want to talk Lakers, there's no better place in the world to do it than Lakerholics.net. Once again, be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. My friend, it's been a great conversation today. I cannot thank you enough for stopping by and, and appreciate you going ahead and sharing your thoughts as the Lakers head to Orlando this week to start going into that bubble. And let's hope it doesn't burst in more ways than one so we're very interested to see what's going to happen here in a couple of weeks so as far as when they have scrimmages they're going to obviously go through a training camp first and then the games later on this month i'm so excited that basketball might finally be returning to us here as fans but before we end on out just want to go ahead and give a big shout out to Vince Atulo from That Sports Card Show podcast. If you could give his show a listen to some great stuff going on in the world of sports cards, I'd love to get him back on our show to hear his thoughts on sports cards and everything going on in the world of sports because there's no better person to have as far as knowledgeable on the sports card scene than Vince Atulo. So give his That Sports Card Show podcast a listen. For our show, five stars on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate it if you can. If you have any questions for us, at LakerTom on Twitter, at LakersFastBreak here on Twitter for us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. You always can go ahead and reach us out on any of those outlets right there for you. But again, we just truly appreciate everyone out there listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. 
and stay in tune with us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.